booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The trends are moving our way, and sadly, it's because 65% of the voters say the country's on the wrong track. New York's a deep blue state, but poised to flip red as polls and pollsters say voters are fed up with pocketbook issues. A high-rise fire blamed on a lithium-ion battery at a midtown high-rise traps people, leaving two people critically hurt. Small plane crashes into a Long Island cemetery. The men's leader collapses amid record high temperatures during Sunday's New York City Marathon. Lottery sales brisk $1.9 billion, a world record as the top-tier prize in tonight's Powerball drawing. Ahead of midterm elections, tomorrow's New York's gubernatorial candidates, Democratic incumbent Kathy Hochul and Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin doing last-minute campaigning. The latest polls show Zeldin leading or neck-and-neck with Hochul. Hochul over the weekend brought heavy hitters to the state like former President Bill Clinton in an effort to sway undecided voters. Zeldin's campaign in the Hudson Valley, including Putnam County. Pollster John McLaughlin talked about the election on the Cats Roundtable, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katzmatidis. The trends are moving our way, and sadly it's because 65% of the voters say the country's on the wrong track. 67% of those voters think we're on the wrong track. Blame Joe Biden. Inflation and the economy is the top issue. 60% of the voters think we're in a recession. They say the economy's getting worse, not better. If Hochul loses, it would be a major upset in a state that Democrat Andrew Cuomo won four years ago by 24 points. New York hasn't elected a Republican governor in some two decades since George Pataki won three terms. Sunday was the last day to vote early in New York as well. A lithium-ion battery sparked a fire at a midtown high-rise in Manhattan on Saturday, trapping residents on the 20th floor and above. 38 people were injured, two critically, five seriously. FDNY Fire Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh says the cause of the fire was a lithium-ion battery connected to a micro-mobility device. Here's Chief Fire Marshal Dan Flynn. This is close to our 200th fire this year where the cause of the fire is a lithium-ion battery for a micro-mobility device. This particular apartment, we believe uh, the occupant was repairing bikes uh, in the building. Uh, and the fire was right behind the front door. Some residents were reportedly trapped inside the building when the fire broke out. At least two dozen went up to the roof to seek safety away from the flames. Residents who were not in the building were told to shelter in place until officials check their units. A male pilot and his female passenger escaped death or serious injuries after crash landing into a Long Island cemetery. This small plane crashed into the Beth Moses Cemetery in West Babylon around 1.50 p.m. Saturday afternoon, according to Suffolk County Police. Now, two people on this plane, the male pilot and a female passenger, were taken to Good Samaritan University Hospital in West Islip with just minor injuries. The Federal Aviation Administration, as is routine, was called to the crash site to investigate. The cemetery located about two miles away from Republic Airport in East Farmingdale, which is used by many small planes. The men's leader at the New York City Marathon collapsed yesterday during record high temperatures. 
After leading for much of the race, two Kenyans went on to take the women's and men's titles, Sharon Lochetti and Evans Chabret, respectively. Brazil's Daniel Du Nascimento collapsed about six miles away from the finish line. Chabet, who won the Boston Marathon earlier this year, took the lead after Nascimento collapsed. New York City Mayor Eric Adams spoke at the marathon. You look out front and you see the red and the blue of the men and women of the NYPD and FDNY as they run together. But on the sidelines, we also have those same professionals protecting the runners as they complete this 26 miles of running and endurance. This symbol is really the endurance of our country and what we represent. The 28 Loketti from Kenya was a women's champ with a time of 2 hours, 23 minutes, and 23 seconds. It was the first time she has ever run the New York City Marathon. The 33-year-old Shabet, also from Kenya, was the men's champ with a time of 2 hours, 8 minutes, and 41 seconds. Well, a world record jackpot is waiting to be won in tonight's Powerball, drawing $1.8 billion. Divide that, it's $1,800 million bucks. Lottery officials say the cash option is $929.1 million for tonight's drawing, if there is only one top-tier holder. The rollover from Saturday night has dreamers buying even more tickets. I know I'm going to win. I feel very confident about that. This will be the winning ticket. Thank God. Just take a look at this nice face and put me in the paper. And on Saturday nights, despite there being no top-tier jackpot-winning ticket, more than 10.9 million tickets won cash prizes, totaling $102.2 million in Saturday's drawing. The clearest signal to date that Donald Trump will, in fact, make a third run for the White House came over the weekend. Trump Saturday during a rally in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, mocked other Republican primary opponent candidates for the GOP nod. Trump is singling out Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And he also took a swipe at Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Well, he was at it. We're winning big, big, big in the Republican Party for the nomination like nobody's ever seen before. Let's see. There it is. Trump at 71. Ron DeSanctimonious at 10 percent. Trump also brought up his polling numbers, saying they're the highest he's ever had, directing the crowd's attention to the screen. He covered various polling results, starting with the possible 2024 nominees. Cruz and DeSantis have the broadest appeal, though, among Trump's core MAGA voters. And DeSantis also pulls support from less Trump parts of the Republican Party, making him a formidable and credible threat to the wounded ex-president. Well, a new NBC poll shows that a record number, 62% of Republicans actually identify themselves as supporters of the Republican Party than as supporters of former President Donald Trump. 30% of these Republicans in that poll identified as supporters of Trump over the Republican Party, 4% are split. One Trump supporter spoke to Sky News. He's very good for our party and he's very good for our country. He's very successful. He's a proven executive. He knows how to do things. Support for Trump compared to the GOP has been steadily declining, actually, over the past two years, according to NBC News polling. In an August 2021 NBC News poll, about 50 percent of Republicans said they supported the party over Trump and 40 percent said they supported Trump over party. A mass shooting in Philadelphia on Saturday night. Nine people wounded in all, too critically, when multiple gunmen fired a barrage of at least 40 shots into a crowd gathered on a sidewalk outside of a Philadelphia bar during the warmer weather. 
The assailants fled the chaotic scene. Deputy Police Commissioner John Stanford during a weekend press conference. You should be able to walk through the city streets and not have to worry about gunfire. But we have some brazen individuals in this city um, that don't care. They don't care how many police officers are out here, and some of them don't care in terms of how many people are out here. Stanford said multiple gunmen exited a black vehicle and opened fire on the crowd without warning. He said investigators recovered at least 40 pieces of ballistic evidence from the scene and planned to comb through surveillance video from businesses in hopes of identifying the assailants. He said seven of the victims were in stable condition and two were left in critical condition. Wells are running dry in the drought-weary southwest. Foreign-owned farms are apparently guzzling water to feed cattle overseas. And case in point is proof of that. Workers with the water district in Wendon, Arizona, slowly lowered a camera into the drought-stricken town's well. And that water is typically still, but the water was moving. Gary Sater, a longtime resident and head of the Wendon Water Improvement District, said the water was moving because it was being pumped rapidly out of the ground by a neighboring well belonging to Al Dara, a United Arab Emirates-based company farming alfalfa in the southwest. Mark Spencer lives in the Wilcox Basin in Arizona. He spoke to ABC 15 Arizona about wells running dry. The hard, cold truth is is that you can't raise 120,000 cows in the desert with a confined aquifer that we have without having an effect on everybody needing that same aquifer for water. Aquifers are rapidly depleting from decades of overuse, worsening drought and rampant agricultural growth, especially in the southwest. Twitter purchased recently for $44 billion by Elon Musk, of course, late last month, is now holding off on the verification part of its new premium $8 a month subscription service until after Election Day. The midterms, of course, tomorrow, the social media giant felt the move could negatively affect Tuesday's midterm Election Day, according to The New York Times. After criticizing the move last week, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of the Bronx released a video speculating that her Twitter account had been censored by Musk. So I pulled my Twitter app, and it's, like, gone. Like, when you pull up your mentions and stuff like that, it's just, like, literally like a blank screen. Totally gone. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. So it turns out we got under a certain little billionaire skin. The delay is over. Concerned that the social media users possibly posing as officials or news outlets would pay for a verification badge in a bid to push out false information. Iran announced Saturday that the successful test flight of a rocket that's capable of propelling satellites into space three months after launching a satellite with the help of Russia. This comes amid rising tensions with Western countries as Tehran is alleged to have provided Moscow with military equipment to help its Ukraine war efforts. The U.S. has repeatedly voiced concern that such launches could boost Iran's ballistic missile technology, leading to the potential delivery of nuclear warheads. But Iran insists that it is not seeking nuclear weapons and that its satellite and rocket launches are for civil or defensive purposes only. In a country where homosexuality is illegal, Qatar, even punishable by death, a gay man living in Qatar claims he was lured to a motel room where he was allegedly gang raped by law enforcement officers. The man had offered him a substantial sum of money to come to that hotel room. The whole thing's still under investigation. 
787 WABC News Time 515. Justin Ellick has a look at sports. Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. How about your New York Jets? Pulling off their biggest win of the season at home over the division rival and AFC East first place, Buffalo Bills. This contest was the ultimate test for Gang Green going up against debatably the AFC's best team, and they did not flinch. The defense was nails against Josh Allen and the potent Buffalo offense. And Zach Wilson, he was poised down the stretch to set up kicker Greg Zerline for a 28-yard eventual nail in the coffin. Trying to give the Jets the lead. Zerline, he hits 20-17. to uh, that call courtesy of CBS. Allen and the Bills would take one last desperation bid downfield on 4th and 21. But who else but Sauce Gardner got in the way to ice the upset win for the Jets. 4th and 21. Allen running around. Jets try to stick with him. Allen tosses. Deep ball on the way. Incomplete. Gabe Davis the intended target. CBS once again on the calls. The Jets are now uh, breathing down Buffalo's neck for first place in the AFC East after week nine. Who would have thunk it on the ice? It was just the Rangers in action last night as they suffered heartbreak in overtime against the Detroit Red Wings. It was Dominique Kubalik who netted the winner on a power play goal just under three minutes into the extra period as the Blue Shirts fall 3-2 to two going into an off day today. They'll face it off with the Islanders tomorrow night. And, of course, Saturday night brought us a 2022 World Series champion in the Houston Astros after going down 2-1 to one to the Philadelphia Phillies in the series. The Astros capped off their playoff run with three straight wins that culminated in a 4-1 to victory in Game 6 at Minute Maiden Park to capture their second title since 2017. And huge news out of Queens almost immediately following the Astros crowning as star closer Edwin Diaz and the New York Mets are in agreement on a five-year, $102 million contract pending a physical. Sources familiar with the deal told ESPN's Jeff Passan on Sunday. There's an opt-out and a full no-trade clause plus a six-year option in the contract. The Diaz deal is the first nine-figure contract ever for a closer and for the first time it takes the position in to the $20 million-plus range. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street coming off a big week of losses despite a late-week rebound. Stocks higher at the closing bell Friday, but all three major indexes broke a multiple-week win streak. The market slowed to bounce back after the Fed's latest rate hike. October's Consumer Price Index comes Thursday and Investors will get a better idea of how the Fed's rate hike campaign is working. Wall Street targeting inflation to come in somewhere around 8%, down slightly from September's reading. If the forecast holds up, it means inflation is still running at roughly four times the Fed's target. A signal rate hikes will go on. BioNTech reports earnings today. Quarterly revenue forecast to rise slightly, but COVID vaccine demand is uncertain, and that clouds BioNTech's outlook. Please join me several times each week. Day right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Futures in the green this morning. The Dow's up 100 points, 0.31% at 32,528. S&P's risen 10 and three quarter points. NASDAQ up 29 and a quarter. Gold up $5.40 an ounce. Crude oil in the red down 25 cents a barrel now at $92.36. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time is 520. Well, two counties out in New Jersey are now at high COVID-19 levels. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has more. 
Health officials say Essex and Union counties were moved from low to high risk on Thursday, while 18 other counties are still at medium risk. In addition, the state's seven-day average of positive cases increased 1% from a week ago to 1.05. Officials say anything above a 1 means the outbreak is expanding. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. A man accused of raping a woman and in two suspected other cases against women right here in Manhattan was ordered held during Friday's court appearance. The suspect's name, 28-year-old Carl Fanor. He's accused in a violent and bloody rape and attack, the latest of a female jog around 5.30 a.m. Thursday in Hudson River Park. This 43-year-old woman was found stumbling from the scene by a bystander who rushed to help her. Good Samaritan, Gabrielle Sumkin, spoke to ABC7. She just looked pretty disoriented. She was holding one hand over her eye. Um, and then kind of when I looked a little bit closer, I could see that she had like blood on both of her arms. I approached slowly and I asked her if you know she was okay. And she couldn't really get any words out. Officers arrested Fanar Thursday at the Port Authority bus terminal as he was trying to board a Greyhound bus. Police were able to track him down because he used the victim's credit card at a Target in Midtown. Police say Fanner could also be the same suspect who sexually assaulted a different woman in the same park back in March and who attempted to rape a different woman walking along the FDR service road in October. In both incidents, a man on a bike pushed the women to the ground from behind, choked them, and attempted to remove their clothing. Prosecutors called it a clear predatory pattern. Video surveillance caught this man before and after each attack as well, and they say a rape swab from his first victim in March matches Fanner's DNA. Well, the ex-cop, the ex-NYPD officer found guilty of leaving his young son in a freezing garage overnight in January. Years ago, Michael Valva was found guilty on all five charges, including second-degree murder by a Suffolk County grand jury at the end of last week. Eight-year-old Thomas Valva, wearing only pajamas, was left in the garage in 19-degree temperatures, along with his brother, who did survive, Sharon Scarborough, Valva's neighbor, spoke to ABC7. What makes somebody be able to do something like that, especially to your own child? It was a horrendous, horrendous act, and I wish I knew about it, because if I did, it would have been ended immediately. Valva's ex-fiancee, Angela Polina, with whom he lived at the time of Thomas's death, has also been charged and is set to stand trial at a later date. Valva, meanwhile, faces 25 years to life on top on the top charge at his sentencing. That charge is second-degree murder. Loved ones and faith leaders gathered in Castle Hill Sunday to remember the victims of last month's Quimby Avenue fire in the Bronx. The community has continued to show support for the family who lost four members of their own family the morning of October 30th. A prayer vigil was held outside of the home in remembrance of the victims. One by one, faith leaders and elected officials offered their condolences and words of strength. Bronx Borough President Vanessa Gibson. We also want to celebrate life. We want to celebrate the lives that this represents. A 22-year-old, his daughter, his little brothers. The fire killed three brothers and one of the brothers' 10-month-old daughters. 12-year-old Mohammed Walid Ahmed, 10-year-old Khalid Walid Ben Salah, 22-year-old Ahmed Salah, as well as his 10-month-old daughter, Bera Salah. Both family and friends embraced the father of all three boys as the community extended its support. 
And despite the magnitude of their loss, the family said they are still trying to stay positive. All four family members were laid to rest earlier this week in Brooklyn. Well, there was a stabbing at a popular Midtown Steakhouse in Manhattan. This violence happened Saturday about 1030 at night at the Ruth Chris Steakhouse on West 51st Street, right near 7th Avenue. The preliminary investigation found the victim complained to restaurant staff about the food service at the restaurant. Two women sitting at a table next to this guy started arguing with him over his complaints. And at some point, one of the women grabbed a steak knife and stabbed this 24-year-old man in his back, according to the NYPD. And both of these women then suddenly ran out of the restaurant. Officials caught up with the women on Saturday and arrested one of them for assault and menacing. It's not clear how badly the victim was hurt, though, and investigators say he was in town visiting from London. Believe it or not, it's time to put on your skates. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Even though temperatures have been in the 70s, the ice skating rink at Rockefeller Center is now open for the season. It was transformed during the summer months into Flipper's Roller Boogie Palace. But you can practically dress for the ice like it's still summer. Shorts, short sleeves, whatever. Need to brush up or perhaps you're a beginner? Private and group skating lessons are available. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. The NYPD searching for a suspect who allegedly attacked a man on a subway platform in the Soundview section of the Bronx. Police say a 44-year-old man was waiting on the number 6 line platform about 7 a.m. when an unknown person came from behind him and stabbed him in the neck with an unknown object. The NYPD says the suspect's still at large as of this morning. The victim is expected to make a full recovery. Please say anybody with information is asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline. Here's the number, 1-800-577-TIPS, 1-800-577-TIPS. NYPD crime stats show crime up in the transit system some 41% year over year, October to October. Well, a pricey Vincent Van Gogh painting damaged environmental activists tossed pea soup on this Vincent Van Gogh painting in Rome. It was to protest carbon use and natural gas extraction. Frank Diaz has the story. Security intervened immediately and removed the protesters kneeling in front of the sower at the Palazzo Bonaparte to deliver a manifesto on Friday. The painting belongs to the Kroller Muller Museum in the Netherlands and was on loan for a show in Italy's capital featuring works by Van Gogh. Officials say the 1888 painting was covered in glass and undamaged. Italy's new culture minister condemned the protest. Climate activists have staged similar protests and have taken place at museums in Britain, Germany, and elsewhere in Italy, targeting works by Van Gogh, Botticelli, and Picasso. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. If you miss the top five at five in other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.